So how many of you were here last week? Right, let me put that. How many of you were not here last week to hear the first part of this message? You were not here last week. Oh, man. Okay. A bunch of you. Well, good. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the rest of you, we're going to put you in remembrance because if I ask you the three things I talked about, you might not even remember those unless you took notes. <laughs> Amen. But we're talking, we're sharing about, you know, in a world of. The title of this is just in a world of or endure till the end. But really, it's understanding how do we react to all that's going on? How do we react to what's going on in the world, what's going on in our world, what's going on with all the craziness, with the world gone crazy? How do we, how do we stand up? And uh, in Matthew 24, Jesus, his disciples came to him and asked him and said, when are all these things going to be? Because they, they, first of all, you know, ask him, that, hey, look at all these, look at this massive temple, look how beautiful, and Jesus says, guess what? All of the stones in this temple are going to be destroyed, and we know that in AD 70, they were all wiped out. You know, and destroyed it. And literally, they, they took it apart stone by stone and took it. They didn't just try to knock. They actually literally disassembled it. You know, because they had to take it out stone because the stones were so huge. But they had to take it out and then crush the stones. Because they wanted to annihilate. They wanted, the devil wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't going to be here anymore. But he can't stop the things of God. Amen? Amen. You know. So in here, let's begin reading at... Uh, uh, Verse 3, he said, later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when we, all this will happen. What sign will be the signal of your return and the end of the world? Jesus told him, don't let anyone mislead you or anyone deceive you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and the threats of wars. But don't panic. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first parts of birth pains or the beginning of sorrows with more to come. Then you will be arrested and persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere or lawlessness, you know, will abound. And he says, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. So all nations will hear it and then the end will come. That's a big mouthful. But as I shared last week and shared, I'm just going to go through the first three really quickly here because I want to get to the last five. Okay? <laughs> Amen. Uh, and if we don't get done, I'm going to actually come back next week. But anyways, uh, the first one is this, when it talks about many will be deceived. So in a world of deception, let's be honest. You know, how many know that we don't know what honesty is anymore? It used to be that if you had a handshake, how do you, you, could, you could bank on it. It used to be that men's words were, you could count on it. You could, you could take the, them at their word. You didn't have to uh, uh, think about it. Now you can have 17-page signed document and notarized and everything, and it doesn't mean anything. They'll find a loophole to figure out how to get out of it. And it's a shame in it. But, you know, when it talks about that many are going to get deceived, you've got to make sure the deception that you don't get deceived because the enemy is always trying to get you to doubt what? The word of God. 
He's always trying to dispute it. He's always trying to deny it. He's always trying to displace it. He's always trying uh, to get you not to think that it's right. He's always trying to get you to think, well, wait a minute. Maybe that's, maybe they weren't right. Maybe this wasn't right. Maybe they, You know what? If God is so good, how come your life is so bad? If God's so good, why'd this happen? If God's grace is so wonderful, how come it's not on you? See, the minute that you start doubting and, and you start coming against or you start thinking that God's grace and his goodness is not towards you or you start thinking that God's grace and his goodness is not out there, the minute that you start challenging that, you are headed for deception. Amen. You are. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance because we understand that God is good. Hallelujah. Jesus said no one's good except the Father. Amen. So we've got to understand in order to defeat deception, see in a world of deception, let's be honest with ourselves, but let's take hold of the goodness and the grace of God and let's realize how great God is in our lives. Amen. And not question his goodness or his grace. You know, it's it's funny to me because when you look at the word of God, if you don't understand, if you don't understand why in the Old Testament, you read the Old Testament, you think our God is a pretty mean dude. Kill them all. Annihilate them all. Don't leave one. Just kill them all. That's what he said. He said, how come? Because you have to understand there was a scarlet thread that was going all the way through the whole Bible and through every book of the Bible because God had to keep it pureness because Jesus had to be born. He was getting a savior. And how do you know that there's more people on the face of the earth now than has ever lived on the earth? Did you know that? In all of the years combined, there's more people on the earth today than has ever lived. So whether or not you think there's a harvest, there's a harvest. There is a huge harvest, okay? There is a harvest of people that we need to get. We need to see them get born again. We need to do that. So we've got to let God's word, his word is truth. And we've got to let it stand in our lives. And we've got to be honest with all things and honest with all those that are around. Amen? That's the biggest thing. Be honest with yourself. God understands you. You know, we just think it's not afraid to let God know about our weakness. We're not afraid to let God. Be, but be honest with people. Praise God. Tell them the truth. Amen. You got to tell them the truth. Glory to God. You got to tell them the truth. Amen. And don't let the enemy lie to you and say God hasn't given you something. Don't let the enemy lie to you that he's, God's restricting you. Because we're going to find out today that's what the world says. Amen. We're going to find out that's what the world is saying. That's why they say we can't, we can't be slaves to God. Why would we be slaves to God? They have no concept. They have no, no understanding of the relationship with God. Amen. Next one is in a world of war, be calm. That was the second thing. How, how do you be calm in the midst of chaos? Amen. Remember what it says? You're going to hear wars. You're going to hear rumors of wars. Then he says, don't panic. <laughs> King James says, so see that you're not troubled. Isn't that a cute way of saying it? <laughs> don't let it bother you. Don't let it bug you. Remember we talked about how do you stay calm in the midst of chaos? How do you stay calm in the midst of a war? You set your eyes on Jesus. You make sure you know who he is. You've got God's promise. You've got God's presence and you've got God's plan. You've got God's promise, number one, of protection. You've got God's promise that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He boldly said, we can, or we can boldly say, the Lord is our helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Though a thousand fall at this side, though 10,000, it's not going to come nigh me. I got Psalms 91 as my protection. I've got his 
promise. I've got his presence. And when God's presence shows up, it's like, woohoo, I'm okay. As long as I know and sense the presence of God and his kingdom is within me. So I got to stir up the gift of God within me. Amen. In the midst of hearing about wars and all things, glory to God, I can remain calm. Why? Because God fights my battles. God's on our side. We read the back of the book. We win. Amen. Amen. And God's got a plan. You've got to trust that God knows what he's doing in the midst of your life. You've got to trust that. You've got to trust what's so easy. In a world of war, hallelujah, we can be calm. We can be calm in it. Why? Because we trust his promise. He promised us. Hallelujah. He promised divine protection. Amen. Aren't you glad he promised divine pardon? Woo! Aren't you glad he's not holding your sins against you? Because <laughs> you were just thinking, yeah, but what if I've messed up? What if I'm doing, what if I'm still messed up? Or what if I'm messing up at that time? Well, there's a scripture in the Bible in, in Psalms that says, God knew you were just flesh and you were going to mess up and he still loved you. That doesn't mean he wants you to continue to mess up. He just said he knew you were going to mess up and he's still going to love you. Amen. And that's where you, you begin to stand on God's pardon. Yes. Hallelujah. We've been pardoned. We've been forgiven. We've been, another great word is we've been redeemed. We've been bought with a price. Hallelujah. You've got to be confident in these things here. Because that brings us to the third thing we talked about. In a world of disasters, be confident. How do you be confident in a world of disasters? You know, in pestilence. When it talks about here, it talks about there's going to be wars, there's going to be famines, there's going to be pestilence, there's going to be earthquakes and all these things. And when it talks about pestilence, it talks about pandemics. How do you be you know, calm and how do you be confident when it looks like everybody's not making it? Everything looks like the whole thing. Oh, man, we don't have the answer for this. We don't have the answer for that. What about this? Oh, but did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Maybe this is happening. In the midst of it, Hallelujah, in the midst of wars and in the midst of disasters, you can be calm and confident. And people say, well, I don't think, you know, you know, there's something wrong with you people. You don't have enough sense to worry. (laughs) No, we got enough spiritual sense not to worry. Jesus told us, don't worry. Don't fret. Take no thought for tomorrow. Amen? Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Amen? Hallelujah. All the things that the Gentiles are seeking, God's going to add them if we seek first the kingdom of God. He said, don't do that. Don't do this. Amen? See, we see the hand of God. We see what God can do in this. It's like, wow. Because not only are we have confidence in God's protection and confidence in God's pardon, man... We know how God sees. We are confident in his perspective of what he's looking at and what he's seeing. Because why? Because we're seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. We always got to look at all the world's troubles seated from where we're seated. We're already citizens of heaven. You know, it's so funny because people talk about the rapture of the church. and We got all kinds of wars that are fought, whether or not the church is going to be here during the great tribulation and all those things there. And yet, except that the Bible tells us God's not appointed us to wrath. The Bible also tells us that God has saved us from the, that great tribulation. So if I've saved you from something, that means you're not going to go through it. Amen. Doesn't say I'm going to save you in it. I saved you from it. Amen. 
So God said those things. So here, here it is, is that, but then people go, well, I don't understand. I don't understand how the dead in Christ are going to rise first and how we're going to get to, I don't, I don't understand all that. It's because you think that the rapture is going to be spiritual. Has nothing to do with spiritual. It's not a spiritual rapture. It's a physical rapture. You're going to get your new body. You're already a spiritual being. You're already seated in heaven. You're already citizens of heaven. You don't need to be anything spiritual. It's going to, you're going to get your new body that's going to be a celestial body. They're going to get their body a split second ahead of you. So don't worry about it. You're not going to be able to, but you're going to get there and we're going to meet them all in there. Then we're going to be up there. Hallelujah with Jesus for only seven years. And then we're going to come back. And it's not an escape thing. Hallelujah. It's a getting ready thing. Because we got to come back and rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. And, and some of you, you got to stay in school the whole seven years to get taught. Because you ain't been doing the right things right now. So we got to catch you up. Amen. That's okay. You're going to all get caught up. You're going to be fast learners then. Amen. You're going to be fast learners, fast hearers. You're going to be a lot better than you are right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, from God's perspective, he's already got this thing handled. You know that? He's already got this handled. Why? Because he's very confident. Let me read you Matthew 6, 31 through 34, just because just it's good. This is out of the New King James. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added to you. Therefore don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. He told us not to worry. He told us we didn't have to worry. Praise God for that. Amen. I mean thank God. But here's what we don't understand right now in a lot of that stuff. We're in a world of disaster, hallelujah, and what's going on that we can, we can literally be confident in this, confident that God's going to meet and supply our needs. But did you know that God is counting on the church meeting the world's needs? Thank you for your overwhelming response. You know, that's the one thing that we've messed up as the church and not thinking that we're supposed to be the ones with all of the resources so that we can get the gospel out. We're the ones with the resources so that they have to come and see and sense and know, come to us to be a blessing to them. That God is wanting us to not be just confident in God providing all our needs, but God wants us to be confident that we're going to be a storehouse. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I really believe this. I believe that God's calling us, you know, he's calling some Josephs, hallelujah, to rise up, to be able to know how to do things smartly, amen, to come out of the prison, hallelujah, and be, you know, leading the nation on how to handle things and get wisdom and watch God do things. Why? It's for the gospel to go forth, for the power and the presence of God. Did you know that whenever there's a disaster, whenever there's things going on, you know the number one country that's given all the finances, given all the people, is us still. And there's a lot of other countries that are stepping up to, to do things, but that's the thing. It's, it's all this mutual aid. It's all this stuff that we're doing. Uh, and isn't it funny that nobody wants to give, nobody wants to do, but when something happens, well, how come the church isn't doing this? Or how come people aren't rising up and giving to this? don't look at me so holy we already took the offering everything's good (laughs) glory to God y'all okay we ain't taking up a second one or anything like that it's all good calm down y'all it's all good 
All right. Now let's bring this right. Now we're finally caught up to, to where we need to be. This is the one I ended on uh, last week is that in a world of persecution, be prepared. How I many you know you need to be prepared? Prepared for what? Prepared to be persecuted, number one. Prepared not to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked. Amen. Remember what Jesus said? The world's going to hate you because it hated me. They're going to put you in prison. In fact, they're going to even kill you, and they think they're doing the right thing. We know that happened with the apostle Paul, who was Saul. Amen. He, had paid, he was going around killing Christians, and he thought he was doing God's work. He said, I thought I was doing what God wanted to do was kill all these Christians and wipe out all these folks. That's what he thought until he got on the road to Damascus and God stopped him. Amen. He went from a terrorist hallelujah, to, to, to doing great things for God. And yes, we are going to have to make a stand for Christ. Yeah, you're going to have to stand and defend the gospel in one sense or just defend your faith in believing, no, I'm going to stand and I'm going to love the Lord God. We don't have that persecution in America where we have to stand or get our heads chopped off yet. But we are going to have to stand because of persecution. If people say, you can't say this, you can't do that. You know, it's so funny. You know, we were, we were such terrible people we, you know, w- w- during 2020 because oh, you're singing. Oh my gosh, you're going to sing. And I thought, wow. You know, and then it was a crime to come to church. It was a crime to assemble. Yeah, but they were always trying to protect us. Protect us from what? See, see, one of the things, and that's, that's the problem with the church, is that we thinking that we need to protect it, and yet you see this as far as persecution comes, hallelujah, that uh, we want to say, yeah, but we're trying to win them, so we got to be like them. No, we got to have something better, so they want to be like us. Amen? Hallelujah. That's, I mean, that's the truth. We should have the peace. We should have the calm. Amen? We should have the confidence. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We should be able to say, we have the answer. Because we do. Amen. We have the answer. Hallelujah. And isn't it wonderful to know this, that when you're persecuted, you should shout. Why? Because it lets you know you're not of the world. It lets you know, whoo, glory to God, I'm getting persecuted. I must be saved. (laughs) I, I, I must, there must be something about me. Amen? See, I'm praying that for you. I'm praying that people are going to come up and ask you, okay, you're different. And you're going to have to say, I am? I'm not different. Uh Uh-huh. You are different because you've got Jesus. Amen? Remember what I said, the very first thing I said, how do we do that? How do we stand in the midst of persecution? And how do we stand different in this? And how can we take hold of persecution and not let it wipe us out? Is number one, you got to count your blessings. And you got to name them one by one. You got to count your many blessings and see and look what God has done. Amen. What do I mean by count your blessings? You've got to begin to remind yourself of the goodness of God, that I am safe. Thank God I get to make heaven. Thank God I've got peace on the inside. Thank God I've got the spirit of God living on me, that greater is he that is in me, that he is in me. I have confidence toward God of what his word says. Amen. Thank God I've got those things. So I'm counting my blessings. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. And my response is not going to be a response of the flesh. The second thing, hallelujah, is that you got to respond with worship and with praise unto God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You remember Paul and Silas got thrown in prison for what they were doing. And at midnight, they were beaten. They were put put in stocks. And at midnight, instead of griping and complaining and being upset, what did they do? They lifted up their voices and began to sing. And the Bible says the prisoners heard them. They weren't singing. Man, they were shouting from the housetop. See, we want earthquakes and signs and wonders. We want God to do supernatural things, but nobody wants to praise and worship God in the midst of chaos. Amen? Hallelujah. Nobody wants to take hold and nobody wants to believe that God's going to come through. Do you know why we don't receive a lot of our rewards? It's because we never stand and stay in the hard places long enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody's wanting God to make it easy. God, you do it easy. Do it this way. Sometimes you got to fight for it. Why did James say? James chapter 1, verses 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers and my sisters, when you fall into diverse temptations, tests, and trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Amen? Works patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be entire wanting nothing. Now, you know why the body of Christ is always wanting. They never stay in anything long enough to have patience and let faith have its perfect work so they don't want things. Thank you for your overwhelming response. I mean, Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things that the Gentiles are seeking, they're going to come upon you. The Bible says the rest at the end of the verse in Psalms 23, it says that surely goodness and mercy shall come and overtake me. It'll follow me all the days of my life. The blessings of God. Did you know in the last days it says that the reaper will overtake the sower? It means that you're going to be reaping in the things of God are going to be so much greater than you can't even give enough away. You can't even give it away. You're going to have too many things. Too many stuff. Hallelujah. People are going to come. Hey, we're looking for this. Oh, I got it here. You can have it. You can do this. It's going to be a distribution of going so the body of Christ can be the body of Christ. So lives can be touched. It's not so you can hoard it up and say, look at all my things. Big deal. When Jesus comes, your pile of ashes is going to be bigger than somebody else's pile of ashes. All going to get burned up. It's so that God can use it for the glory of God. And everything you have, it all belongs to him. Amen. I mean, we see all this stuff. And that's why in the midst of persecution, be prepared. You count it all joy. Because you've got to understand, in the middle of persecution, the kingdom of God grows supernaturally. Did you know that? Persecution has always caused the church to grow. And guess what? In order for the church to grow, it's cool because you have to grow. It messes with you. It's going to cause you to personally grow up in the Lord. Amen? And it's actually going to test your character. You know, your character isn't, isn't tested by those that like you. <laughs> your, your character is tested by those who despitefully use you and persecute you and lie about you and don't like you. Amen? <laughs> 
Amen. I mean, Matthew 5 says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and they say all kinds of evil things about you or against you falsely. For my sake, says the Lord, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Now that came right out of Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 and 12. I didn't make that up. Amen. Because let me give you the next one here, which is probably the biggest one that you're going to have to deal with in these last days. In a world of betrayal. Did you hear me? In a world of betrayal, because you're going to get betrayed. In a world of betrayal, you need to remain faithful. Do you know you always have to do the right thing? Why? Because it's the right thing. Okay. Yeah, but they did this. They need to, they deserved this. They deserve. doesn't matter. Vengeance is mine, saith God. I'll repay. Let God fight your battles at this end time. You know, because that's one of the hardest things, especially for those of us that have a tendency to want to take things in the matter of our own hands or want to step up and say, hey, I'll go. Let me do this. Give me, <laughs> let me do this. I'll go to the fight. Let's do these things, you know, and uh, you have to guard yourself and say, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Time out. See, in a world of betrayal, you have to be faithful. Remember what it says down here in verse 10. It says, and many will be offended and, and will betray one another and will hate one another. Isn't it amazing that we're going to see people come against? And we saw a little bit of that. We saw a little bit of that in the sense of, oh my gosh, you're going to give this to somebody. We saw that in 2020 when everybody was coming against everybody else, when everybody turning on everybody and everybody trying to, we still got a lot of people. They call them by one name. I'm not going to say that name, but they call them, you know, I mean, you go going to the people who always want to, you know, tell off on somebody else and, and make people say, oh, well, they're doing this. You know, it's like crazy stuff. But let me just share with you, betrayal is one of the strongest emotions you'll ever have. If you've ever been betrayed by somebody who's your close friend or somebody that was even really, really connected or whatever, family members, whatever, you know that that's something that goes really, really deep. And uh, it's one of the strongest words that we have. I mean, you know, Jesus was betrayed by Judas Iscariot, okay? I mean, what, a, what a, an incredible thing. What a tough thing. There's really not even a greater pain than that when somebody has totally betrayed you. We thought that they were your friend. They thought that they were going to take, be there, and they weren't. And we're going to see a lot of those things because you're going to see folks that don't have the confidence. They don't have the calm. They're not prepared. Okay? They really, really are like, we don't understand. They're not honest with themselves. They go through the motions, and you're going to see that in these last days. And it's a challenge in that, you know. I mean, the Apostle Paul told us that. Remember what he said? He wrote in, in Timothy there. It's like in Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, he said this. He told Timothy, he said, hey, be diligent to come to me quickly. He says, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and departed and has departed for Thessalonica. Christians uh, from, went to, to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful for me or to me for the ministry. And Titus, have, I, especially, I, I have sent to Ephesus, bring the cloak that I have left at Carpus at Troas. And when you come, the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. And at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. 
Now, how do you deal with betrayal? Because everybody in this room has had somebody lie to them, somebody who's betrayed them. Amen. And you know what happens when you have something done to you or something that's done, it leaves a mark. And if you don't know how to deal with that, if you don't know how to get forgiveness, it will wipe you out. It will cause you to draw back. You'll not be as forthright. You'll not be as confident. Amen. I'm going to tell you a little story. Did it help you? Well, no, I'm going to tell you that story. We're just go keep going here. <laughs> I said, no, we're doing that. Got to, you know, amen. Open up the doors here. No, 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 no. We've got to keep going. We have to keep going. We've got, this isn't, I still have five left. We've got to keep going here. You guys are trying to get me off on store and they do these things. Not good. Amen. But here, no, amen. I may tell you the story a little bit later. Okay. It'll go. Anyways. How do we deal with this? How, does the, how do we not allow betrayal? Or how do we not allow uh, something that is happening in us to stop us from going and doing the things that God wants us to do or stop us from growing or stop us from being able to trust again and, take it to the Lord. and do things? But in key in taking it to the Lord and understanding how we do that or how we take it to the Lord and what we do is, is that God's going to always point us back to what he says and what he's doing. You've got to always keep your eyes focused on his purpose. Number one thing you've got to always realize is that, okay, you know what? Jesus was lied about. Jesus was betrayed. You know, he was forsook. Jesus told his disciples, you're all going to leave me tonight. What did Peter say? Oh, everybody else might. Not me. I'm ready to die. I got this. And when they came, who was the one that pulled the sword? Peter. He's the one that cut off. And Jesus said, put the sword up. What's wrong with you? But you know, two chapters before that, Jesus said, how many swords we got? Peter said, we got two. I got one. I don't know who else. But Peter said, I got one. I'm ready. You know, Peter cuts Malchus' ear off. Jesus picks up the ear, puts it back on heels and says, put the sword up. What's wrong with you? Don't you know I could call 12 legions of angels and God can do all this? He said, you know, we're not, you know, Peter's like, Ugh. and then what did Peter, what did Jesus say? Peter, you're going to, before the cock crows once, you're going to deny me three times. It just took two little girls and another person to wipe him out. You read that, right? I mean, two little girls. I, yeah, yeah, I, I saw you. You were that. No, shut up, little girl. I don't even know that guy. <laughs> big old Peter, big old rough, tough Peter. He let, he let two little girls whip him. Put him, you know, scare him. Isn't that crazy? Hallelujah. See, because here's the thing about it. If you'll stay focused on God's purpose and God's plan in your life or you, on what God has said, it'll help you deal with the pain. And how many of you know pain is something very, very real? But it'll also, and you saw when I say help you with the pain, it'll help you keep the pain in perspective. And if you'll allow God to help you in this whole situation. Okay? Listen, this is the key because the enemy wants to come in. He wants to kill, steal, and to destroy. He wants to come in and he wants to get people that you think were your friends or think that they would be there. But because you get, you're hungry for God, you're standing strong in God, there's going to be a divide. Hallelujah. There's going to be things that, that, that's there. But what you have to do is you have to stay loyal. To who? To the Lord. You have to always stay loyal, and you have to always pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. You have to pray for them so that God can deal with them. Amen? 
you're not to get the animosity. And the hardest thing in the world is to say, yeah, but how do I do this and not, and, 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 and not be around them? <laughs> you may have to love them from a distance for a while, but that's okay. You know, but the key is, is what does it mean? What do I mean when I say that betrayal be still be faithful? You know, the Bible says that it's required in a steward to be faithful. It's required in us to be faithful. Did you know that one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 22 is faithfulness? Faithfulness. I read a book along many, many years ago called Faithfulness, the Crowbar of God. And what it simply means, are you going to be faithful in the midst of things? That's, that's how God measures your loyalty and your faithfulness to him. And he'll tie you into things and see what you do here on the earth so that you can be loyal and faithful and watch God prosper, watch God bless you. Because people are going to be betrayed. They are going to lie about you. They are going to uh, not say things. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be uh, talked about. And you're going to be misunderstood. And then, but you've got to go to God and say, God, what do I do in the midst of this? How do I handle this? Because you tell me I can't repay evil for evil right now. I just want to go do that. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament says, love your friends, hate your enemies. But in the New Testament, it says, love your enemies. Pray for them. <laughs> See, don't you wish you just lived in that old covenant? No, you can't. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing that we as Christians have to do. And I wrote it down like this. In a world of betrayal, we have to pursue the kind of loyalty that it will inspire others to remain faithful to God. I'm going to read it again. In a world of betrayal, let us pursue the kind of loyalty that inspires others to remain faithful. Have you ever had somebody say, well, there's something wrong with you because you're still, you're still being kind to those people? Why are you still connected with that ministry? Why are you still connected with that person? Why do you still help them? Uh-oh, we had nerve this morning. But you know what? In, in these last days, we have to. We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts. Because if you've ever been lied about, if you've ever been, been betrayed, or somebody said they had your back and they didn't, and then God said, you still got to be kind and you still got to go. I showed up at a meeting one time, and of course, you know, I've been saved a long time, and I've been in ministry. So all of my things, Christians have done it. The world's been kind to me. The Christians are the ones that have ridiculed and betrayed and chewed me up, okay? Hallelujah. And uh, so anyways, when, when I, I went to this meeting, and I, I was just walking in, and a guy said, he goes, you're here. And I go, well, yeah, I'm here for the, for the services. He goes, I just came out of a meeting, and you were the topic of discussion. Of all the ministers in America that are connected with the ministerial organization that you're connected with. <laughs> all of your peers, all of your friends. That organization I'm still connected with to this day. You say, Pastor, how can that be? Who be talking about you? I don't know. I think I'm a great guy, but... <laughs> But, but there's a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot of things that people didn't understand. And then I said, okay. And I, had, I stepped back and I said, well, I'm here because, you know, I'm here for the meeting. I'm going to be. He, goes, he looked at me. He says, you know what? You're a whole lot better man than I am. I would never come around here. And I said, well, you're here. He said, yeah, but they ain't talking about me. <laughs> I said, well, hey, you know what? 
everybody is, is right in their own eyes. Everybody seems to, you know, and most people don't have all the, all the facts or all the truth. But, you know, we'll just believe the best. Because love believes the best. And I'm not bragging on me by any stretch of the imagination, you know. But in the midst of this, I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, did I tell you to do anything different? I said, no, you haven't. I'm sure hoping you will. (laughs) He said, nope, you stay connected. You stay here and you watch what I do. Was it easy? Of course not. Of course not. But in the midst of things, in doing what God's called you to do, hallelujah, glory to God, you allow God to be God. Amen. And I'm not, my perspective and my purpose is not based on what I'm connected with down here. My perspective and my purpose is connected to what God has called me to do and what God's placed in my heart to do and where he wants me to be connected. And he told me, you, you can be a blessing here. You may, you know, I said, Lord, I don't want to be a blessing here. They're not a blessing to me. He said, doesn't matter. I want you to be here and I want you to be a blessing. And thank God, God turned everything around and God turned it all around. Amen. Hallelujah. And then I can tell you all the blessings of things. But what happens is, is that when we get into this, when we get betrayed, what happens is, is we want to take vengeance. We want to take a, you know, we want to avenge ourselves. We want to have justification. We want to make things right. We want to do all this stuff here. You know, we want to repay evil for evil. You know, glory to God. And it'll mess us up. What you have to do during those times is you have to count and you have to say, okay, I'm going to count on the character of God. I'm going to lean on the love of God. And God, I'm going to let you fight my battles and I'm going to trust you in the midst of this. Amen? Because if you don't, you'll lose your perspective. Amen? You know, how many of you have ever had family members turn on you? And do bad things. And just, just, just do really bad tape. But you know what? You get to pray for them. You get to love them. You get to say, okay, Lord, how are we going to do it? Because why? You're going to keep the door open because you want their salvation. And you, or even if they are saved, you want them to, you don't want any harm to come to them. You don't want to say, God, don't. What did, what did Paul say up here? He said, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. What did Jesus say on the cross? Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. What did, uh, uh, you know, uh, Stephen say when they were doing it? He said, Father, don't lay this sin to their charge. Wow. 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 May it be that we can do this. Okay. May it be that we can do this. It says, we're going to get betrayed. But glory to God, we're not going to let that stop us from serving God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I could stay here. We could do this, but you guys are all sinking. So let's, let's raise it up a little bit here. Hallelujah. The next one is this. Hallelujah. Look, look at verse 12 in, in Matthew 24. <laughs> and this is not going to raise it up, but it's just going to be another one. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Okay? You know, in, in uh, the King James Version, it says lawlessness. Will be rampant every. We read every. This is the love of many will grow cold. So in a world of sin or a world of lawlessness, hey folks, guess what? We need to be kind. Kindness, the conspiracy of kindness. I read a book called the Conspiracy of Kindness. It was all about soul winning. It was all about doing nice things for people. Amen. I mean, it's tough to be kind to people that are ugly. Amen. I mean, it's really difficult. You know, I pastored, you know, for 13 years or 12 and a half years in the inner city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, okay, city of 4 million people, and I was in the inner city. We were in the really tough areas, and so we have, you know, every year at Thanksgiving, we're coming up to Thanksgiving, we would get 
dinners. We'd make about 50 turkey dinners and we would go and hand them out to people. We'd get names from different people in the community that needed it. So we'd get to do it. And of course, as I am, I'm a very hands-on pastor. So I'm, I'm running around all day long. We went to there. We, got it. we went to the grocery store. We bought the turkey, bought all the fix. I mean, the whole thing. And we're going around delivering it to people's houses and trying to be a blessing. And for the, the last one, I'm mean, it's like five o'clock in the evening. I'm finally getting it. And I go into the projects and I'm trying to find this address. And I finally find it. And I get up here and knock on the door and the lady opens the door and proceeds to cuss me out because I'm late and I'm bringing her a hundred dollar dinner you know everything and I, this is my 50th one to deliver that day you know and I'm tired and she's cussing me out and yelling at because I'm late I mean it's not Thanksgiving day it's a week before I mean it's, it's not it ain't like it ain't like I didn't deliver this the day before or whatever I'm like I'm late I wanted to I mean, I mean my flesh rose I wanted to say lady you know what this is a better dinner than I'm probably going to have this year I think I'm going to keep this box for me <laughs> but I didn't I told her, I'm sorry. I tried. I said, just, you know, I couldn't find your address. So, you know, hey, you know, we didn't have it. You know, all the numbers are gone. And they did that. You know, here's a, here's a, it was a project of 40,000 people, and they took all the numbers off. They took all the street signs down so that nobody could find them to give them bills. <laughs> so it is. The problem is if you don't know which one is which, you don't know which one you're going to. Amen. And I handed it to her, you know, and I'm like, Lord, I say, Lord, wow, what a, I say, God, this may be the last year I do this. <laughs> Here's what we, in, a, in a world of sin, you still got to be kind. You still got to, you still got to reach out to people and you still got to be kind because people think that you owe it to them. But here's the reason. How can you be kind in this crazy world? You got to embrace God's kindness. You got to let God be kind to you. Amen. Amen. He is so good. God is so good. You know, but if we'll embrace God's kindness, things will begin to change. Amen. Hallelujah. But here's a scripture I want to give you. Psalms chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, out of the New Living Translation. This is where I told you I was going to get to in one of these things right here. The psalmist said this, why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time and futile plans? And it says, the kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They say this, they say, let us break their chains, they cry, and let us free ourselves from slavery to God. You know, the world thinks they're in slavery to God. And God's given them all this freedom. They're in slavery to the devil. And they're in slavery to what is it? We'll no longer be slaves to sin, the Bible says. Amen? He goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, he says this, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And we see that in our whole what we see in what we watch in the news or watch it, you think, oh my gosh, they think this is okay. God bless them. What we can do? How do, how do we handle this? Because how many you know that our world has drifted away from God's love and God's justice and God's kindness? How many of you know they have? They, they, they've, you know, and, you know, in all honesty, 
they don't deserve to be treated with too much kindness or respect or anything. But aren't you glad we don't do, get what we deserve? Right. <laughs> you know, we deserve, all of us deserve to go to hell, but Jesus saved us. Amen. But here's the thing. They may have drifted away from it, but we're not supposed to drift away from it. We need to show the world God's kindness. We need to show the world what, it, what it's like to be a child of God. And the goodness and the grace of God, what God has for us. Amen? We need to do it. We need to love our enemies. We need to do good for them. Amen? And we need to express it with action. That's why we give. That's why we sow. That's why we're so concerned about all the, all the nations of the world and believing God for good things. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me give you these next, next ones here. Is, uh, in a world of bad news, let's be the good news. Okay, let's be the good news for someone, anybody. Let's be good news. Let's speak words of life. Amen. Words of life. And here's the last one. In the world of the end of the days, let's be determined to be the light of the world. Let's be determined to be light. He said, you know, there in the 13th verse, he said, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. In the 14th verse, he said, this good news, this news, this good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. How many know that we've got good news? How many know that we can be determined to stand strong? Finally, my brothers and my sisters, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen? Put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. We need to stand strong, folks. We need to stand strong. Yes, we live in a world that's not playing by the rules. We live in a world that looks like, you know, they're winning. But guess what? They're not. They're not. You know, it looks like all of the things that have taken place here. But praise God. Thank God that we can endure till the end. Thank God that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And through strength, through stamina, hallelujah, and and remaining steadfast, we will stand before the Lord and he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's going to do the, do the things that he wants to do. How many remember this song? You may not, many of you, you know, but when I was growing up, there was an old hymn basically that said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No, you know, one of the things was no turning back. No turning back. I'm not going to turn back. Amen. One other part of the verse says, though none go with me, yet I still will follow. Amen? You know, the world behind me and the cross before me, I'm still going to follow. Why? Because I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen? I take hold of what God has said. Hallelujah. It's like, I don't care if anybody's going to do the right thing. We're going to do the right things. And here's the thing about it is, most Christians are doing what they ought to do but they're allowing perseverance. They're allowing this enduring thing to be bitter. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of sour Christians. None in this place. Y'all are so happy and joyful. It's all good. But y'all know you got some relatives out there. It is, you know. But how I many you know the perseverance and the things of God and enduring till the end doesn't have to be bitter? 
Thank you for your overwhelming, wonderful response. Hallelujah. Well, we're all trying to survive. Well, God didn't call you to survive. He called you to thrive. He called you to rise up and to allow what God's word says and to do what God's called. How do you know that? And I'm going to end on these three scriptures here or these three passages. One, two of them in Revelations and the other one is going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 4 with the Apostle Paul. But when Jesus had the Apostle John write to the churches, he always said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So open up your ears this morning right here. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He said, to him that overcomes. To him that overcomes. And I'm just going to read. I'm not going to. You know, it's in Revelations 2. You know that in Revelations 3. But in Revelations 2, it says, to him who overcome, I will give to eat of the tree of life. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. To he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over all the nations. To he that overcomes, I will make him a pillar of the temple of my God. Hallelujah. To him who overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. And to him that also overcame, hallelujah, that sat down with my father. And, and he, you know, he says this, that we have overcome. Then he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And aren't you glad we've overcome because Jesus has overcome? And here's the last passage of Scripture. Paul said this. He said, for I am ready, being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all, to all who loved his appearing. Amen. Listen, we're going to finish, and we're going to finish this course, and we're going to finish strong. Hallelujah. And in the midst of all the things, in a world of all these things, we're going to be the right things. We're going to be the answer. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for these amazing, amazing folks who are here. They're so awesome. Father, I thank you that they're your 11th hour workers. They are. They're the 11th hour workers. You've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father, that we're going to stand our ground. We are going to endure to the end. We're going to be determined to finish our course. We're going to be determined to bring good news. We're going to be determined to keep your perspective, Father. And so we honor you and love you. Father, why do we want to do all this? Because we want one more person to be born again. We just want to reach one more. We want to reach one more, one more, and one more, and one more. We just want to keep reaching people for the kingdom of God. And Father, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice, and and if you are here this morning and, and you're really not sure, you've been perplexed, you've been like, I don't know what's going to go on. I'm really not sure about my life and about the future. Let me just share with you, God loves you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's not. He is not going to leave you or forsake you. He brought you here this morning so that you could understand and know how we're supposed to walk and how we're supposed to act at the end of the age. God loves you. He cares for you incredibly. And if you're here and you're not sure about your salvation, you're not sure about if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. 
You need to know that. You need to have an assurity. So once you know that, and then you have to walk as if Jesus is coming right now. Because it, it frees you. We're not slaves to God. Hallelujah. We're servants. We're his kids. He loves us. Hallelujah. It's so wonderful. He's not a taskmaster. He's not making you do something. God loves you. He's willing. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He loves you so much. But if you're here, or if you're watching, if you're watching, you need Jesus. He loves you. You're right there where you're at. You can just call out to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. All it is, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you're born again. So if you're here, you say, well, I don't really know how to do Just raise your hand. We'll lead you in a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's you believing in your heart, you confessing with your mouth that changes your life. Amen. So if that's you and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand real high so I can pray with you. I know that we're the body of God. I see that hand. Amen. I do. Hallelujah. Anybody else that's here that wants to join that one? So important. You know, if God is dealing with your heart, you need to grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I want all of us to say this prayer. And I want, if you're here, to mean it with your heart, and especially that one that raised their hand. Let's just say, say Heavenly Father. I do believe that you sent Jesus to die just for me. And so right now, I call Jesus my Lord and my Savior because I believe in my heart and I speak with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to miss hell and I'm going to make heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me of all of my sins and washing me white as snow. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Amen and amen. Look up here at me. Praise the Lord. You know, in the midst of these two weeks of sharing this and stuff, it's just how we've got we to walk. No matter what, we've got to be the light to the world. No matter what, we've got to be the calm in the storm. No matter what, we've got to be the answer to all those that are around us. You know, and there are those that are searching and they're wanting to find you. So don't be ashamed of the gospel. Never be ashamed of being a Christian. Never be ashamed of Jesus. And when people ridicule you or people say, oh, you're one of those or you're this or you're that, man, shout it from the housetop. Glory to God. And if you get a little bit bold, you just look at them saying, and you're not? What's wrong with you? But if you don't want to go that far, that's fine. Just say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. I plead guilty. Amen. God loves you. He does. He loves you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we're going to have our prayer team come forward. And they're going to be here. And if you, know, if you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, or if you just need prayer, you need to say, you know what? There's some things I may need to confess. Let me just share with you here. If you want forgiveness, you go to God and ask him to forgive you. And you get those things there. And then you begin to work and forgive others. Because forgiveness is for you. But if you want healed and whole in your life, you got to come and confess your faults one to another so that you might be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. See, we don't like that because we don't want anybody to know how ugly we've been. 
See, got you all quiet again. Wiped you out. But if you don't understand that, James 5.17 says that, uh, you know, thank God if we confess our sins, hallelujah, in the sense of, you know, our, our faults one to another, amen, talks about those things there. And when it talks, it says, when you confess your faults, your slips, those things one to another, you'll be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Amen. God does some things, you know, because it talks about the effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. It goes on to that, but you got to get set free. And so that's why we need one another. Everybody says, I don't need anybody. Yes, you do. You need everybody. You need one another. We need one another because we need one another to help us be accountable, but we also need one another to help us be whole. We need one another to help us be whole. That's why God called the body of Christ. Remember, she just shared that on Wednesday night. Cain, you know, the Lord says, Cain, where's your brother Abel? Ah, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? What's the answer to that? Yes. Sorry, too bad. God tied us all together. So we might as well have fun with each other, amen? So I'm going to have the prayer team go ahead and come forward. The rest of you all stand up. I love you. God loves you. Hallelujah. You be blessed. Hallelujah. Have a great week. We'll see you on Wednesday. God bless all of you, amen.